0: How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode number 37 of the Master My Garden podcast. Now, this is actually part one of what's going to be a two-part uh, series all about fruit. And I've been sort of planning this one for a little while. And the reason being, I wanted to get Thomas English from English's Fruit Nursery on. Now, the season for, for English's Fruit Nursery is just kicking off. So it's, it's taken a little while to get this done. But I think it's really good that we are getting an opportunity to do it because I've spoken to Thomas at a, quite a few um, shows, the Plowing Championships, the Tinaheli Show, the Tullo Show over the years, and he's extremely knowledgeable and the family business are extremely knowledgeable in all things fruit. And as it, as we look at it or started here today, I have English's fruit nursery catalog of mini and this really is a super resource for gardeners. And we'll get into the, We'll talk through that in a minute, but they have such a an range of, of fruit and he's sort of knowledgeable in all types of fruit. So that's why I really wanted to hold out and, and get talking to Thomas. So as I say, two part episode, this week, we're going to cover soft fruits. And in next week's episode, we'll cover the more tree fruits and we'll sort of go into relatively, relative detail on all of those. So Thomas firstly you're very very welcome to Mastermind Garden podcast.
1: Thanks John for inviting me on to this developers i as an to tell you all about my business and what we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well as I, as I said there I've been sort of planning this one and we've been we've been tit tatting for a little while on it because when we originally started speaking back in 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 March or April it was I suppose off the back of a question I had from a listener in relation to traditional traditional Apple trees, and we had a few conversations at that time. But obviously, it was coming out of your season. But as I said, the reason I wanted to bring you guys on is that you have a wealth of experience in fruit, and not just a specific type of fruit. You kind of you kind of know a good bit about all the fruits that you can go, grow in Ireland. So I suppose that's the reason. That's the reason we re- I really wanted to get you on. But maybe just tell us a little bit firstly about English's Fruit Nursery.
1: Uh, English English fruit nurseries was started in 1947 by my grandfather, Thomas English, as well, that was his name. And at that time they were fruit grown first, let's say, and they were asked by Bulmers and um, Bulmers Cider, now everybody knows them, to grow black corn, yeah. grow groceries for them. And they were planting between the trees and they started propagating at that time. And then it was brought on from there down to my father and on to me after that. And I have a son here, Ross, and he's also, he's only 13 or 14, but he knows everything about the fruit trees and hopefully they'll carry on. And mainly soft fruit we had first as what uh, we were but produce, producing strawberry plants for the production of jam. That's, uh, we're selling them nationwide all over the country. Back uh, in the 70s and 80s, we were very big uh, ahead. Okay. We are also picking fruit that time about 50 or 60 acres of jam strawberries here in Adamsown County, Wexford. Uh, But then we went away from the fruit production really and went more and more into the propagation of plants and we supplied commercial growers here in Wexford and all other counties were very well known for strawberry plant production, raspberry canes, especially them. And then as I came more into the business we expanded it more and we were supplying a lot of Garden centres, as well.
0: And yeah,
1: it's growing and growing, and uh, we're very proud of this business in my father, myself, and my own children as well. like I say, in the business that we're in,
0: it's great to have. Uh, I suppose that level of experience, and and it's it's, it's either on your website or on your catalogue. Seventy years of experience in in fruit production. So, I suppose that's. That was the main reason, and and as I said, I'd spoken to you at a couple of shows, and the depth of knowledge there was was fantastic. So I suppose what we what we want to kind of cover in today's part of it is the the soft fruit production, which obviously you said that was where where you guys kind of started. So we'll we'll move through the different crops that we're talking about here, and I suppose the most popular things, and then. We can delve into your experience for just even simple things for, for gardeners at home. You know, the best varieties, the ones that give the best disease resistance and, and all that type of thing. And We'll we'll move through each of the of the soft fruits as such. Now, we don't have to go into huge depth in them all, but maybe on the couple of main ones like the strawberries, we, we'll go into quite a bit yes, of depth. We'll start off so, with
1: strawberries. There. Strawberries in general, as I said, there's a the big difference between a private individual growing strawberries and a commercial grower growing strawberries. And mm-hmm. uh, the strawberry plants that are using, uh, Malin Centenary is the most modern variety at the moment. And I wouldn't recommend them to a private individual at all. as in, okay. It takes a lot of spray and a lot of chemicals to keep them right and keep them growing right. And if you're spraying a garden center or a private individual, you have to consider that they won't be using any chemicals on them. So you produce a plant that they can grow easily and disease resistance is a big thing then for them like, you know, apart from that you're trying to produce a plant that's going to produce strawberries early, mid-season and late, I like selling plants that's going to produce over a long period of time without using any glass houses or polychene houses or anything else to extend the season first. And then on top of that, a lot of the strawberries you buy, a lot of them don't have taste, Uh, we like it. Yeah, that's true actually. They taste well, John. Yeah. So, everbear strawberries in general don't taste well. For me, there were different varieties of everbearing strawberries. I dislike them for that reason. If the people that buy them don't like them, they won't come back to buy more plants off you for that. So, a beautiful mild strawberry would be Cambridge favorite. It's a very old, old variety that was used for jam production as well. But for me, I suppose, it's the first strawberry that I ate myself when I was very young. And it's a favourite of mine, Cambridge favourite.
0: Yeah, there's great 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 taste on that and it is it is relatively disease resistant, but it's a, it's around a long time as well. That one that one is one of the very original ones. Like I remember that one from from kinda of twenty years ago, am I right yeah, in saying?
1: That's the the variety, but that's what a strawberry should be. It's for tasteless, it's a beautiful if it's picked at the right time it's a spectacular taste. El Santa then is the mainly what's used for in Ireland and all over Europe was El Santa up until lately, is the mainstay of, of what's used for the production of strawberries. In Ireland, I suppose, it's still the backbone of it, still here in Ireland, El Santa is, is a very good variety, but still, if you've got two good seasons out, that's about the extent of the plant would live for, like okay. two good crops. Uh, there's other varieties there, there's symphony, which is a late variety, and it's very easy to grow, and you grow on any ground. Uh, I would recommend that variety to any beginner that never grew strawberries before. I'd I'd like him to start with that variety.
0: And what's your reason for that?
1: It's very hardy. It's disease resistance. It doesn't get mildew that much. it fruit first before it get mildew for sure, which is very important. Uh, that's why I'd like for There's other varieties. They're ears and apple. They're unique to varieties and easy enough to grow too. The the most difficult one would probably be El Santa to grow. It's uh, it's hard enough to grow it if the ground conditions ain't perfect they might let you down but it is a, a great fruit let's say to eat as well but it's just a little finicky that's what I call it okay. grow grow. Yeah. yeah
0: so look, looking at your catalogue really what you're saying is your Cam- Cambridge favourite as your early cropper El Santa as your main crop just keeping an eye that you're you're on relatively good soil and you treat it relatively well yeah. and and symf- Symphony then as a as a possible late Crop.
1: Uh, it'll go two or three weeks later for you and naturally you'll do that. And that's important that you have stories over a long period of time. And okay. So, and
0: the, the Alsanta, you're only you're only getting kind of two seasons out of the crowns.
1: Yeah, two good cool, cool crops. It probably would survive and produce after that, but you get two very good crops and then it goes downhill fast. You're talking about Camus favourite and Symphony, about, about four years cropping for you uh, without any great problems. Yeah, they start to reduce a little bit. They the reduce a little bit after that. About four seasons, you're going to be taking them out and replacing them in new ground again. You never put strawberries in the same ground as you had before. It's a real negative. And raspberries are similar too. You wouldn't put them in the same ground. You shift the ground. You shift it uphill or to the side. You definitely wouldn't go downhill from
0: where you are. Um, as, as well. And that's down to... Possible
1: soil-borne disease. That's right. Traveling traveling that, into water, and water goes downhill; it never goes uphill. You know, in general, okay. is
0: it? That's a that's a that's a good tip that I hadn't heard before. So you're you're always you're always if you're planting into the ground, you're always going uphill as such from there to the side, but not not below it. And of course, any of those will will
1: do quite well in pots as well if they're treated right. They will they will grow perfectly in pots, and um, you don't want to overwater them if you put them into pots. I said peat, a lot of people use peat, but a little bit of coarse sand in the peat is a great thing for strawberries because they don't want to be, if you consider like if you have peat and you're wet enough, you're making bog-like conditions for it because the okay. peat obviously comes from the bog. Yeah. And strawberries don't want to grow in a bog. So yeah. you put a little bit of coarse sand in it, or actually a bit of clay. If you've got clean clay without any weed seeds in it, if you mix, mix that into the, the medium the, into for what you're growing in, in the pot, You'd actually get better taste in strawberries because the taste comes from the soil, really. If you want good taste, it always comes from the soil because the soil has the trace elements in it. Yes, and the trace elements—that's where the taste comes from. You yeah. know, that's why you talk about uh, our strawberries grown in in Holland. Yeah, it's all artificial, really. Let's say unless it's grown in the soil, and they don't have the taste Yes. Yeah. what's grown that you grow yourself in the soil tastes better
0: you know that's definitely you you do see that in the the strawberries that you get in supermarkets they're not the old real sweet juicy tomato or sorry strawberry that that you remember from years ago so yeah there's, there's definitely something in that all right and just in terms of timing of planting and spacing for for strawberries what do you recommend in there in terms of timing and spacing
1: well, anytime from now on I say, is the planting season. You can plant around until next, even into May. You can plant strawberries. Uh, strawberries also, the strawberry plant, we lift them in January and February and put them in a cold room here. And yeah. that's why we can take them out at any stage and plant them in May or even June sometimes we can do it. And they call them 60-day croppers. So when they come out of the cold room, it takes 60 days from the time they come out of the cold room to the time the fruit. fruits. So you can actually time it. To when you want fruit, really. 60 days, that's are cooler. Yeah, and they'd
0: actually have a very good crop in the first year as well, because I've I've bought those ones before. And yeah, really quick, so 60 days, as you say, but you get a really good crop as well off them, um, even in the first year, which is.
1: Any plant that comes out of the cold room, they, say, they produce uh, an awful burst of growth when they come out. Just that Yeah, prolonged like, dormancy makes that happen, you know? That's yeah. what happens. Uh, very good. And
0: I suppose we move on then because I know time-wise we're we're, uh, we're a little bit restricted today. So what we're going to do, we'll, we'll move on through the other uh, cane fruits and we'll give raspberries, which is the second one, quite a bit of uh, coverage as well. And maybe less so on, on the other ones, the lesser known ones. So they, raspberries as well, they were sort of the, the first, along with strawberries, were the first crops that you grew for, for
1: uh, plant production. Yeah, the variety at that time was Malling Jewel, and Malling Jewel is still available for the same reason as I was saying about the strawberry plants, is that they grow for everybody. And that's why we like them. the variety Malling Jewel. They're around for 50, 60 years, and they're still growing perfectly. And a raspberry cane is different than strawberries. You plant a raspberry cane a foot to eight inches apart along in a row, and each cane yeah. will produce loads of canes the following season. Uh, a mid season rather cane like Malling Jewel and Glen Ampel and Malling Leo to produce a cane this season that fruits the following season. They fruit on one year old timber.
0: Okay, uh-huh. so they're not yeah, they're they not fru- fruiting on the on the green f- first year
1: growth. They're they're fruiting on the on the on the woodier. The woodier second, or second year, second year growth. growth. But then again, autumn fruiting ones can fruit in this year's growth. They're producing cane in one season and fruit on it in one season. And then in the dormant season, you cut them completely back down to the ground, and they produce the cane from the roots again, and through on it each season. They grow up to a metre, or a little taller than that, and through each season, so that they're spectacular variety for that, like I said, autumn, bliss, and all gold. They're very good varieties. Easy maintenance, there's no maintenance, really, on them. Yeah, Compared to the mid season as again, have to be tied up each year. Um, but, yeah,
0: Autumn Bliss is one that I have here myself, and it is exactly what you said. It's it's a no-maintenance raspberry except for cut it down once a year.
1: And it spreads It spreads quite a bit as well, to be fair. And so that's what naturally happens with raspberry canes, John, that send out roots and they grow from their roots. And so as far as the roots go, the raspberry can shoot up of the ground again. But you can easily be cut with the lawnmower, as in if you had them on the grass. you swimming with the lawnmower doesn't affect raspberry too badly at all. Like keep them on yeah, the the Autumn
0: bliss is a is a brilliant one for somebody that you know maybe doesn't have the time or that for for the maintenance part of it because they're literally plant them once and then enjoy enjoy the fruit off them. It's a very late cropper. Like mine is still cropping heavy there at the minute now. All the touch of frost last week is probably knocking them out of it. But yeah, they're they're a late cropper and really
1: nice fruit. Lots of fruit as well. You can can be lucky with autumn bliss and they can throw away into November, it counts in the season, but you said yourself, John. Uh, if you get heavy, a lot of rain, it doesn't suit them well, but odd, some years are very lucky you get fruit for even for 10 and 12 weeks, and also, yeah. Life. And
0: j- so, just to recap, then your your recommended sort of early varieties you're talking about, Malling Jewel,
1: and uh, they're all pretty good. Glen Ample is a good variety, Malling Leo, uh, it's a other ones are better varieties. Really, Leo doesn't produce that much canes. Okay. It's finicky, a little bit finicky, Maloneo. But Glenample is very good this year, and Malinjo are very good. You couldn't go too far astray for uh, summer varieties, are For yeah. them too, and then well, Autumn
0: Bliss is a, as a as a late, late cropping one.
1: Yeah, if you, when you're planting mal- or raspberry canes, let's say you you don't want water sitting on it over the winter time. They don't want to go into uh, a waterlogged situation. If you had a heavy ground, you'd probably go up a high drill or high bed for it and plant them on that. Yeah. And you, you put drills or beds with the slope that the water runs off the ground rather than holding the water.
0: Yes. Is very yeah.
1: important for raspberries.
0: Okay, so they, they need they need to be they need to be relative have relatively dry feet
1: all the time. Well, they need moisture in the in the summertime and they don't want waterlogging in the wintertime yeah so yeah that makes sense enough. and you
0: have um you have a couple of different colored ones as well so you have an all gold there which is a, a yellow fruited raspberry i've
1: a yellow fruit and raspberry and, and it's very unique everyone thinks that the taste comes from a red colored raspberry right and actually you shut your eyes and you had the two of them let say they're all from fruiting all from this and all from and all gold it's very hard to tell the difference in the taste of the two of them. Without your eyes, with your, when you shut your eyes, it's very hard to figure one from the other. You know? Yeah, I thought there
0: would be a difference in that, but there, yeah. So you're, you're. I've never tasted very them, but, but but you're saying they taste exactly the same as a as a red raspberry.
1: Very little, very little difference in the taste.
0: Yeah. Very good. And moving on, then, like you have, you have lots of other, and the, I know these have become kind of popular over the years, and I suppose that's the reason you have them in your catalogue. You have, uh, tayberries berries, loganberries, tumbleberries, sunberries and yeah. they're all they're all basically crosses of raspberries with blackberries and different things yeah
1: well, and, different cross different taeberries as well as, uh, cross between them but they're all productive and they're all unique taste okay that's it they're all treated the same treated similar to a raspberry they have to be tied up to produce timber this year the fruits next year okay so it's one year timber the fruits on and if you leave them run along the ground to produce all vegetation growth and they don't crop. You have to tie them up each year onto okay. a wire for the crop properly. But uh, Tayberry is the most productive one of them or Loganberry. The two of them would be grown commercially in this country uh, for jam making and for fresh fruit as well.
0: Yeah, the Tayberry okay. for all the word looks like looks like a, a bigger raspberry, a more elongated raspberry. And I suppose the Loganberry... The loganberry looks the same except it's it's more of a of a black colour, isn't it? There's
1: a darker colour when it's ripe. Uh, yeah. But very unique tastes. All, all of them are very unique taste. Sunberry as well as uh, some different completely. But the Sunberry have fair lumps of thorns in them. You get a thornless loganberry and you get very few thorns, The spikes on a tayberry. Uh, tayberry, I really recommend a loganberry for anyone who wants to grow stuff. It, it, they pay them every year and the last for years, last for 20 years, right. I reckon. But the very same as the rally. we don't want to be in water, ground.
0: They just okay.
1: rather them up on a little bit of a bed uh, so the water can get off them in the winter time.
0: Then moving on, obviously you have you have other ones there, uh, Josterberries, worcesterberries. Some of them I actually had never heard of. Um, and these are kind of crosses.
1: A justerberry is a sweet, sweet blackhorn. Anyone who likes anything to do with a blackhorn would like a justerberry. It's thornless, okay. it's thornless, and it's something that you'd eat fresh off the bush would be uh, a Debrae. It's sweet sweet blackhorn, that's what it is, it's a cross between a blackhorn and a gooseberry. And similar, okay. a Worcesterberry is the, it's the same cross, but it's more like a gooseberry. It has thorns the bush, but it's a very sweet gooseberry that you'd actually eat off the bush as well. It makes okay. a very unique jam. If you grew to make jam, it makes a lovely jam as well, the Worcesterberry.
0: Very good. And gooseberries themselves then, I would imagine, and you 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 know better, but I imagine they're less popular than they used to be years ago, or would that be true to say? No,
1: the different commercial plots here of gooseberries, and you'd find gooseberries grown, let's say, for this roadside sales at the moment. There's different okay. people going for that. It's getting more popular and, fine, and selling more gooseberry bushes than ever. Uh, okay. Invicta. Invicta is a variety that's very popular. It's a green come yellow gooseberry when it's ripe, and it does get mildew, but is that is that the producing this crop before it gets any mildew? That's what I like. And the, the black velvet is a raised red gooseberry that actually goes black when it's ripe. Remember are the two productive varieties that a commercial grower would think of using. There's other varieties there, down along, but they're a novelty for, for different tastes rather than being. Big heavy cropper, I recommend yeah. Invicta and Black Velvet to anybody. Uh, yeah, and so they're your recommendation sort of for
0: the home garden, for the home the garden home gardener, yeah, and Invicta and, and Black Velvet.
1: You have two different color gooseberries as well, uh, works well that way. But you'd, you'd actually eat let's listen. Very few people now know how to eat a gooseberry. You actually don't eat the skin of the gooseberry. A ripe gooseberry, disperse the skin and suck the juice out, let's say the seed out. That's how you eat the gooseberry have people that are looking at him trying to eat gooseberries and try eat the whole thing you don't eat the whole thing you eat the seed i wouldn't throw away the rest like
0: right that's a new one on me now because again i remember it from years ago in the, the grandparents house and that's the way i used to do it was grab grab the gooseberry and eat the whole thing yeah but you're you're saying squeeze it out
1: squeeze it out and it's, it's just something that you would eat fresh if you're done yeah it'd
0: be lovely yeah if you're making
1: jams yeah. you do use the whole thing but you wouldn't you wouldn't if you're eating it fresh, like.
0: yeah and then you have cranberries and you have blueberries. Now, I'm sort of putting the two of them together because obviously they've, they've grown in popularity over the last good few years. And blueberries are kind of seen as a superfood now. So they must be becoming popular. But the one thing to note with these is that they need a low pH when you're growing them. So yeah. maybe just talk a little bit about those.
1: Well, a blueberry and cranberry, they want 4 to 4.5 acidic soil. That's what they want. Yeah. You find that, let's say, and a lot of bobs will be around that their home of the two of them would be in a peat bog, really. You can improvise the ground in a small garden. You could dig out a hole and fill it up with acidic peat. But when you fill up that hole and plant your blueberry into it, uh, it's only a quick fix for a year or two because the limeness of the soil would leach back into it. Yes. And what you really want, let's say, if you live near a forestry and pick up the, the needles and pins off a forestry, for all floor, rake them up. And mulch the ground around your blueberry an inch and a half or two inches deep out for a yard around it. And the rain over a winter would wash that acidity, acidity down into the ground and turn it, keep it there at the right pH for the blueberry to thrive. It'll hold the moisture in the yeah,
0: that's summertime.
1: A, that's a very and good hold tip. hold the pH like it's well like. You know. It works well even for a commercial plot.
0: Yeah, it's a very very good tip and, and one that I hadn't heard before either. So yeah, you're you're gathering up the pine needles and and, and spreading them once a year. You
1: gather up an army inches of that in the forest is John. Yeah, for
0: sure, yeah. And of uh, cranberries and uh, cranberries and blueberries, they they must be getting very popular. And what kind of varieties are you recommending there now?
1: Well, what's tried and tested in, in blueberries, let's say blue crop and, and Berkeley, let's say what's grown mainly. In this country, let's say that's what's working. Let's say. But there's other varieties, let's say that I'd recommend uh, would be Jersey, let's say, and Patriots. I said they're always going to be in the top of my list anyway. As in what's working in this country and fruiting, uh, but a blueberry in general, let see, it tastes one; they all taste similar to me. Okay. Start a uh, if you're if a commercial man would come to me and he asked me, I want to plant a lot of blueberries. I'd probably give him all the different varieties and say, go off and plant this in your area and in your style and see which one works the best, and come back to me the following year and tell me what's working for you.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And varieties that grow better in different areas, so you never really know until you try them. Really like, yeah. If you want to add hard, that's what you do, like you know.
0: Yeah. And cranberries, yeah. then a couple of varieties there that you'd be recommending.
1: Well, sir, there's only pilgrim and early black in it. That's the two varieties we have. Yeah. The two of them are working well in this country, but you definitely wouldn't grow a commercial plot of cranberries in this country. You wouldn't be being on runner. You can grow them for interest, but I wouldn't recommend you to grow a commercial plot. Of yeah. So
0: for deer. the for the domestic gardener, they're fine. You'll 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 get you get some some fruit from them, but on a, a large scale, they're not.
1: No, they're not suitable. Even to the Americans to do
0: that thing <laughs> proper. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then back to kind of some of the, you know, the, the regular standard ones that, that people know. So white currants, red currants and black currants. Obviously black currants being, I'd say, probably down through the years, every, every house in the country had a black currant bush at one, at one stage or other. Um, so they're they're obviously the most popular.
1: Black currants, let's say, the Ben Cannon uh, is what's mainly used now. There's a, a variety called Wellington. Wellington years ago that was used and Ben Lohman and Ben Nevis but them are not here to produce anymore. Ben Lohman Ben Nevis were changing the climate and them wasn't performing anymore so they went just stepped it up a bit and they went off and they bred Ben Cannon, Ben Sarek and uh, that's top class at the moment to just produce unbelievable amounts of yeah. blackhorns each year. And there's different ways of looking after blackhorns you could say pruning blackhorns each year and try and keep the young timber in them and keep them upright off the ground or there's another way of doing it every second or third year you go in and come completely down to the ground and then produce a new bush for you it calm down to about five or six buds on each stem and that season they produce no blackhorns but produce a span new bush for you the fruits hella very heavily again for the next next two or three years it's a good system the commercial growers—that's what they're doing at the moment. They don't prune that much at all. They go in and completely cut down, uh, maybe okay. every second row, of black corns and then renew themselves in that season and crop again. That's the way they're handling.
0: Okay. And black black corns, to be fair, does not
1: pretty much they'll grow anywhere, won't they? They, you know, very rarely. Very... Simple enough growing, I say, but um, yeah. They do suffer from different things, but in general, a, a private gardener shouldn't run, run into any troubles whatsoever. Yeah, like. For sure. And then
0: obviously we have white corns and red corns, and they're, they're a little bit the same in terms of they'll, they'll do
1: well in most places, I think, if that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, it's very easy to grow, very easy to grow. So it's right there, called Blanca white corns is very easy to grow uh, produces big bunches of white corns. It couldn't be simpler. Yeah. just want to keep them up off the ground white corn and red corn make sure and prune them up off the ground because if they go down and touch the ground the fruit that touches are no good to you like that, that rot before they ripen. so you prune okay. them up off the ground to make sure they're at the whole the weight of fruit each year so a little bit like the
0: black corns you're keeping them you're
1: keeping the the fruit and branches up off the ground yeah they're great let's say and the fruit stays on them for a good number of weeks too like it, there's no real in picking them no. yeah and then this is a regular
0: question uh and I know you sell four or five different types of grapes. How successful are they really in Ireland and and what kind of varieties would you be recommending?
1: Obviously inside they're very successful. Let's say a grapevine, Annapolitan, or Glasshouse and the traditional one was Black Hamburg was grown for years in Ireland, well before I was born and hundreds of years before that as well. There's very old variety. That's very simple, but there's seeds in that Black Hamburg. Okay. And the new thing now, if you're in a Palatine town Glasshouse, would you plant a uh, seedless grape, which would be Blue Wonder or Himrod or Vanessa? Uh, okay. Blue Wonder is actually a blue grape, a nice blue grape. Himrod uh, is a green grape, and Vanessa is a wine colored grape, nothing to do with wine. It's a wine colored grape. And I suppose Vanessa is the one I'm selling most of at the moment, and people are coming back for Vanessa, the wine colored grape. Okay, Apart so from that success with it. Yeah, Alicante is a another grape, but it's black seed with seeds grape that's yeah. grown and will be inside. And for outside, Schoenberger can go outside, but any grape that's grown outside in Ireland, you need a good early season for it, as in the growth to start early for a yeah. grapevine to get up and going. And then you need a good September before they produce uh, a grape that you can actually use. A Schoenberger, you could eat a Schoenberger, but a grape, but... Yeah, it's great for winemaking as well. It's yeah, going need, to be successful enough. We climate yeah, change; watch. the winter could come anyway. Like really,
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah, the late frost, the late frost, or well, certainly around here, late
1: frost seem to be a feature over the last few years. Like real late, heavy frost. Um, well, this year we had two nights of real heavy late frost. This year and it done a lot of damage to apple trees, especially. This yeah, good flowers. Affect, yeah, didn't affect strawberries that much, but the autumn fruit and raspberry cans, this year was affected by, uh, I think, it was the rain there in late August. Let's say it was affecting a bit. It didn't crop that well compared to other years this year. The autumn fruit and raspberries, yeah, uh, in a couple of places, like. And the, the the kind of the
0: final the final crop as such, or the final type, and it's not really a soft fruit as such. But we'll we'll cover it in in this part. Is is rhubarb? You you guys do quite a lot of rhubarb, so maybe. Tell us a little bit about it. Obviously, the, the, the biggest variety is
1: Timberley Early, and that has been around for a long, long time. So, Timberley Early is a lot more productive than any of the rest of the rule. Like, it could be actually pulling Timberley Early at the end of February, believe it or believe it or not. Commercial men can pull it at the end of February by they're mulching the ground with uh, straw. portion of okay. the rule, or barely. Uh, it's working pretty well. I know this year gone past, they're pulling them at the end of February. Uh, but then there's other years, and it could be in the end of March before you're pulling timberly Early rope. But yeah. it's about twice as productive as all the rest of the varieties, let's say. But there's one variety there called Champagne. And that's really going for the color of the sticks in the springtime. It's beautiful red color, um, pinkish red color. And that's popular for that reason. But any commercial plot of Rubrik is all timberly Early. Yeah, and
0: you're planting stools basically from sort of next month onwards, isn't it?
1: Yeah, about two weeks time we started Okay. rubber stools and they're being planted. There are plenty of rubber stools here, uh, ordered at the moment. And you plant the rubber stools, let's say, flush with the top of the ground, just barely peeking over the top of the ground. Uh, you, You can plant them from 18 inches to a meter apart. A commercial plot of rubber will be planted. There's 4,840 square yards in an acre and that's the number you plant in an acre for a commercial plot on the flat is the way to do it at okay. the moment. They roll away the ground and measure it out and plant yeah. it out. And
0: any type of soil obviously not waterlogged again?
1: Neither you grow anywhere. Tim Laird would nearly grow anywhere. The only thing, one thing to really hate is drying out in the springtime in the first season. Okay. That's the only thing you can do them or if you shift the rubber stool, you plant it in, in, in its first season and you shouldn't pull it in its first season yeah. because it produced white fibrous roots. And if you move the stool any bit at all, you break all the white fibrous roots okay. and then they'll dry out because they have no roots to pick up the moisture. Yeah, I think that's an important uh, a lot important one
0: that you, like, you don't pull the rhubarb on the first year of, of, of cropping. It might look tempting there, but you're better off to leave it, aren't you?
1: You're better for sure to leave it. Even... In the back end of the year, you could pull some of it off it, let's say in July and August, let's say, but definitely don't pull it in the spring. Don't move it an inch in the springtime. Uh, you're getting into big trouble with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people like to plant them rubber closer than 18 inches even. If they have a weed situation, if the rubber gets up and takes over the area very quick, uh, you'll have no weeds. Okay. As simple as that. L- a lot easier control them, aren't you? Yeah.
0: yeah. And mulch, probably better to mulch them every year as well. with... Well, rotten farm, air manure, and things like that, isn't it?
1: Straw, straw, you know, let's say such what you mulch rubber with the have. If you much of a straw, you don't have to force them earlier. Or other people, that actually, in the second or third the year, to turn over a pot over the, the rubber to force it there. You grow very quick under a pot. okay Upside down, pot like clay pot
0: works very well as well. Yeah, and you're getting them out that bit earlier. We've kind of covered off, I think, most of the soft fruit varieties there, haven't we? Yeah, I think we have it pretty much done.
1: Yeah, the more productive ones of money. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, maybe you could you could tell people where where they can find English as nursery. and I know you guys do, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit further on next week's episode. But you guys do sort of fruit packs. So, in other words, some a soft fruit fruit pack. So, maybe tell us a little bit about that. How how someone goes about finding you firstly, and then about the fruit pack, and it's kind of a way of
1: of packaging up. An offer for someone www.englishfruitnurses.ie is our website. And on the website, we have a a new website coming up in about two weeks' time, uh, just the beginning of November. And we have different special offer gift packs that can be delivered to your door. Uh, We have a soft fruit pack coming in at 125 euro. And it's a full range of all different soft fruit in that. And we have different uh, gift packs as well there for a young beginner grower, a soft food pack. only in at 75 euros, but a full range of everything on it. Okay, so it has a mix of, of the best varieties
0: of strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, black currants and so on.
1: Yeah, ones that we're pretty sure that would we'll grow for. Yeah. It's easy to grow. We don't go for complications. But we go for, we're trying to get people successful that they come back to us again and keep them on like,
0: the server the one like the the soft fruit fruit pack uh, that that one you've just talked about for the for the new gardener that's that's a new edition but the one as i look at it here it's a super pack really like a um 125 euros delivered to your door you're getting um raspberries strawberries blueberries gooseberries rhubarb blackberries currants and loganberries so you're getting a big mix of of different soft fruits, and certainly enough for, for anyone to get started. And as you said, you have added in a new one this year.
1: Yeah, it's working well for people that they like uh, pulling in for that and the trust is less that they pick the right varieties for them. And it is working. then they come back, they start off with that and then they get more complicated. They come back looking for kiwi and they come back looking for figs. <laughs> and uh, they're liking this. It's for entertainment as well as the production experiment. Fruit, for entertainment, yeah. They yeah. like telling their friends over a glass of wine what they
0: have grown out the back you know yeah yeah i suppose that's that's part of the as of the reason again that i wanted to bring you on is that you guys have tried these varieties over the years and your brochure i i love a brochure of any type of gardening products to be honest with you because i don't know there's something better about being able to pick it up read about the variety see what's have it explained to you there and as you said, no, you have the trust of knowing that you guys are at this for for seventy odd years, so you know what works and what doesn't work, and people will almost be guaranteed of success, you know, with, with this type of a, of an approach. So that's the that's the soft fruit one covered. So I I, I wouldn't st-
1: go out to the say John they'll have to plant it first, plant them first before they're guaranteed we get done. First. <laughs> we get best, yeah, yeah. But that that catalogue is available to anyone that e- emails us their full name and address and for our postcode. I say We'd send them all a catalogue.
0: Then they can go through it, and, and you have your order ordering system then from there. So it's a it's a great way of doing it.
1: When they pick up that catalogue, John, if they have fruit grown in their DNA, it'll come out when they start reading the catalogue. When they colour photographs and all that, the will grows, yeah, they will grow in the catalogue.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, definitely, it's it's a it's a brilliant catalogue. I. I love looking at it i look through it regularly for no for no apparent reason i start flicking through it so it's 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 a great little thing and if anyone is thinking of growing it's uh, it there's great information there and as i say you can trust the information in it which is great uh, thomas that's kind of we have covered off the the soft fruit part of it so thank you very much for coming on this week's episode of master my garden podcast
1: thank you john for the chance of
0: doing it thank you So that's been this week's episode. A huge thanks to Thomas for coming on. Um, I've been trying to get this, as I said earlier, I've been trying to get this episode for a little while to do one on soft fruit and one on top fruit. And the reason is that the information that that Thomas has, it's delivered in such an easy to understand way. Their brochure is a super little resource. If you have any thoughts on growing fruit at all, you should get your hands on it because the varieties that are there, the information that is there, are all trusted and you know that you'll be successful by, by following what's in it. So a huge thanks to Thomas for coming on next week, which I'm really looking forward to. We'll cover top fruit, which is apples, pears and so on. So again, people have lots of questions on that. So there's great, simple information again, delivered in, in a right, in the right way. A couple of things happening with master my garden. I'm just uh, starting and that'll happen over the next couple of weeks, starting an email list and there'll be, i'm not quite sure whether it'll be weekly or monthly but there'll be a newsletter going out on that so in the coming weeks you'll be able to sign up for that on my website if there's any topic you'd like covered just let me know you can send me a message on info at mastermygarden.com or you can find us on the social channels as facebook at mastermygarden instagram at mastermygarden so that's pretty much this week's episode hope you're all well hope you're all staying safe with this new lockdown and until the next time happy gardening (laughs)